This is Amber Ray and Rusty Tanton, and you're listening to Mostly ITP on the Georgia Podcast Network, the show focused on all things Atlanta and sometimes elsewhere. It's Christmas Eve. Do you know where your children are? Do you know where your pants are? This is our end of year podcast wherein we ruminate on all things that have happened to us and elsewhere during the past year. Which is 2008 if you're listening to this sometime in the distant future. Yeah, if it's like 2030 or something and you're listening. Now, if you hear noises in the background that you might think are unidentifiable, it's our birds puffing stuff. Yeah. We got a couple of zebra finches this year and um we're recording this in the living room and um you might hear them you might hear all sorts of noise actually but that's okay you know i think podcast i don't think it should be uptight yeah so that's there's one thought for you i'm the only one who's uptight about it amber doesn't really care so So we have a long list of things that we want to cover in this podcast um as always first we have some voicemails, and as always, they are from Jen. Who has become probably our most prolific voicemail Oh, there's no leader. probably about yeah. it. She is. Well, no, Bill has had the crown for quite a while. And yeah, then for he, a while he did. He tapered off for a while. Uh, we'd like to hear from no Billis again. We haven't heard from We'd like to while. hear from all of y'all. We'd like to hear from everybody, so. I got a little Southern there for a minute. You did get a little <laughs> Southern. All right, first voicemail. Jeannie Most on CNN just did a short segment on the puppy cam with the six-week-old um, Shibu Inu puppies, which only means one thing. The puppy cam has jumped the shark. You know, I never watched the puppy cam. I tried to watch it a couple of times when the puppies were really little, and it wouldn't work for me on my computer, like it wouldn't play. But ever since people started Twittering about it, I was thinking, this puppy cam thing can only last so long because it's only a matter of time before the puppies grow up, and then it's not interesting. Well, anymore. number one, it's the sort of thing you look at once or twice, and then that's about it. And number two, yeah, you're right. The puppies grow up, and then that's about it. Yeah. Because so, who, I mean, I don't want to watch a dog cam. No, I have no desire to watch a dog cam. Now, the birds over there, they have, they are saying a lot, and I think people would watch a bird cam. Well, we have thought about setting up a bird cam, and even if it's just us who watches it, it still would be worth doing, in my opinion. I think so. Maybe when we move, we can do that. Yeah. All right. We'll get to that in a minute. Next voicemail. This is a rant for the guy driving the um, post office truck who parked in the handicapped spot in front of the Washington Mutual Bank when there were plenty of other spots he could have parked in. I agree. People who do that are assholes. That's a pet peeve of mine. Next voicemail. Hey, so I was reading Twitter, and I noticed that Amber had a tweet about uh, watching the Susan Orman show about people calling up with, like, a $2,000 handbag, and she must have been watching the same episode that I have been watching about someone who called up and wanted to know whether they could afford a $360,000 Casa painting. I mean, what the fuck? If you're asking somebody if you can afford that, you probably don't need it, or you probably can afford it in the first place. But why are you bothering the Susie Orman show when it should be for people who need to know whether they can afford to, like, pay for their gifts college or some shit like that? 
Did she say $360,000 painting? Is that what she said? I think so, I saw that episode. I saw that episode, and I really, I thought, and Jen and I have talked about this, that it was probably an excuse for this woman to call up and talk about how much money she had. Because, you know, she calls up and she's like, I want to buy this $360,000 painting. You can see Susie Orman's eyes are like, what the hell? And then she's like, okay, she does this thing. She's like, show me the money where you tell her, the person tells her, how much money they have, and how much debt they have. And so this woman's like, I own three houses with no mortgage payments, and one is worth $700,000, and one is worth $900,000. And she's like, I have a retirement account of $1 million, like all this money. And Susie Orman's like, well, you can afford it. And then she's like, please send us a picture of this painting so we can see what a $360,000. It wasn't even, I don't think it was even a painting. It was like a print. Yeah. And so, A print. You're going to pay $360,000 for a I mean, I, I might be remembering it wrong, but yeah. I believe it was a print. I don't know. but That's pretty shit. Whatever it was, it was like, I mean, I don't like to get too much in like telling people what they should do with their money, but I just feel like $360,000 how many people could that help? Like, I mean, how many people's salaries, like how many people could that buy health insurance for? Like, and you're going to buy a painting. I just, yeah. well, it just seems like there's a lot of better ways to spend. I mean, I don't mean I don't to know. be like the money Nazi, but like, I just, with stuff like that, I don't feel too bad about it. Yeah. Uh, now here's a question. Um, you watch that show pretty decent a number of times, or at least you were for a while. I don't know if you are now, but um, it seems like the kind of demographic of people who call in, it's either people who want to show off how much money they have or people who are really stupid and don't know what to invest their money in. So, I mean, there are I some... I mean, is, what else is there? there? There are some people who, you know, there are some kind people of who have legitimate cases. questions. Yeah. You know, um, those aren't the ones that <laughs> I tend to talk about, you know, with yeah. people that I talk about the show with. But there are, there are people who have legitimate questions. I've only watched it a handful of times but I really like it I used to assume that I wouldn't like Susie Orman because she shouts a lot but then I realized that's part of why she's awesome yeah well she usually is shouting at people who are stupid so yeah she usually yeah. is so I, I think I can that get behind that I, I can get behind that alright last voicemail from Jen so every time I drive by City Hall East I think weren't they supposed to make those into condos and are mukes mixed-use development like 10 years ago. What's going on with that? I was thinking about that just the other day, actually. I don't remember why, but I was thinking about how something made me remember that I had written a blog post about City Hall East, like in 2004 mm-hmm. or something. like. At some, I, It was some point when I was fairly new to Atlanta, and I had heard about them turning City Hall East into condos, and I was thinking, oh, they... I wrote something like, oh, they should be ready in... 2009 that'll yeah. probably be when I'm ready to finally buy a place and hey guess what it's almost 2009 and they're not ready and the thing I always think of is I remember hearing somewhere about how they smell so bad inside because there's um dead rats, dead in the rats. Wall. there was an AJC article about it either at the end and of like 2006 or, no, or 2007 and the deal is that there are dead rats all up in the walls and there's there's a fly, fly problem that's it it was because of all the dead rats in the wall uh, so if you want a status update on this, uh, good luck on the website. Um, 
We actually attempted to contact the Morseburger Group, who's the company who, or at least one of the companies who's behind the, the Ponce Park development, which is what they're calling the City Hall East development. And we didn't hear anything back. That's fine. You know, they probably don't want to talk to little old us, but um, there's not really a lot of new news about it. The last news item on the Ponce Park website, which is poncepark.com, is from about this time last year, 2007, December 2007. So it seems like perhaps with the real estate bubble with the mortgage problems with everything else, maybe it's kind of on hold a little bit, but like I said, they, you know, we haven't heard back from them to confirm that, but that would be my guess because let us know if you know anything. Yeah. If anybody knows anything about it, you know, specifically, uh, you know, call our voicemail. It's six, seven, eight, three, eight, nine, nine, four, four, one. But, like I said, we didn't hear anything back from the developers directly, um, and there's no new news about it either on the Ponds Park website or at it could be I guess MorseburgerGroup.com. It could be like that one in uh, Midtown, the muse- one museum place. Yeah, that they were supposed to build, but then just suddenly you didn't hear anything about it, and people were the uh, workers were painting over the signs for it. Yeah, and it just quietly went away because you know they couldn't finance it anymore plus they were trying to apparently trying to sell those things for like like a million dollars give me a break well i mean that's the thing is that there's kind of a housing glut in the city right now there's just more housing than people than there are people to buy the housing on top of all the other regular sort of -of run-of-the-mill crises that are happening all around the country i mean midtown is not park avenue i know they want to pretend it is but I don't understand who's going to buy the million-dollar condos. No. But I won't get off on a midtown tangent because that'll, that'll take get up me going podcast. and it'll be yeah. negative. And this is this is about we, positive. We'd rather so stay mostly positive. Mostly positive, yeah. So I think that's it for that question. So do you want to talk a little bit about Sex 2.0? Yeah, Sex 2.0 was um, one of the biggest things that happened this year for me. Um, it was my brainchild and um i hatched the plan for it in 2007 and then worked my ass off she did it together she did and i used to feel like kind of bad like maybe i shouldn't take all the credit i'm not trying to take all the credit because other people did help but then i'm also trying to be like you know what i did a hell of a lot of work for this yeah i did way more work than anybody and it exhausted me but and i mean you know it doesn't come together without volunteers don't you know get wrong about that but it also i mean you had to you did pretty much everything like from an organizational standpoint it was such a success yeah i i kind of regret that i didn't take any pictures on the day um and that in general there weren't a lot of pictures but i i I think it, it was good because you know one of the reasons why there wasn't a lot of pictures and and people twittering i mean there were a lot of people twittering but some people who are frequent twitterers weren't doing it as much or live blogging or anything that's because everybody was so engaged in like yeah. actually experiencing I think it. that's something that sort of 
there, there are some folks who will sit around and spend so much time twittering and live blogging and photographing that they're not really engaging in any of the conversations that are around. And I don't know, I've, I've been to some events like that where it seems like everybody is covering it and nobody's actually doing anything in it. Mm -hmm. And that gets irritating. And what, you know, I honestly, as someone who's not nearly uh, as in tune with some of the issues that Amber is in tune with, um, you know, I, I was worried that it was going to be a little, wasn't going to be accessible enough for me to be able to really participate in the conversations. But uh, that fear turned out to be unfounded because I had a great time and had a lot of good discussions with people. Yeah, it was such a good, like if every conference could be that way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I felt like that, that too. That feeling where it was just like down to earth, like interesting, fun, engaging. And like, there was like this, post-orgasmic bliss that went on for about a week yeah where people yeah. kept twittering about it and blogging about yeah, it yeah yeah i couldn't have asked for anything better i mean everybody did that of their own volition they did i mean i certainly I wouldn't did. ask somebody hey can you blog about how awesome this was everybody just had that great experience yeah. and i mean it's i feel like as good as podcamp was that that was better um and and i thought podcamp atlanta was good they both were amazing. They both were but good. I, Sex 2.0, I mean, I, I don't want to, I feel like it's hard to really compare the two or say one's better, but Sex 2.0 was really more near and dear to my heart. Sure. Um, and we, uh, I, just, I guess it does come back to the Midtown thing for just a second. We had a little crisis uh, in January. We lost our original venue, um, be, which was Spring Forth, because uh, the Midtown... Neighbors Association um, came really damn close to shutting the place down. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, they are still open, but it was very uncertain at the time. Yeah, the owners couldn't give me a guarantee. I'm actually in not writing. sure that they are open. The, but, they, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they were they were open at the time of Sex 2.0. I know yeah. that, but the owners couldn't give me a guarantee in writing, so I had to find another venue, and um, that was. A little scary for a while, but 1763 ended up being, I think, even a better venue. I think it turned out for the best because that venue was just perfect for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really turned out. I can't imagine it being anywhere else now. Yeah. Um, so it worked out great, um, even though it was really stressful, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, but it all worked out. And yeah. um, so the next thing, we went to uh, Balticon. In mm -hmm. May, which is like Dragon Con, but smaller and twice as old, and it's in Baltimore. Uh -huh. And we were um, invited. I was on four panels there about podcasting, and um, it was a very good experience overall. I got to meet Nobilis and Regina Lynn, and... Um, Regina is just super sweet. She's so nice. And I'm really glad I got to meet her too. And, and Jenny and came all up the other too. People we met. And like Jenny, when I met Regina Lynn, like I was the first thing I thought was she reminds me a lot of Jenny. Mm -hmm. And then Jenny came up, and so we were all together. And um, we did, you know, we did a a, a podcast after Balticon talking about it. Um, the Don't Be That Guy session mm -hmm. was an experience that still. Huh. I come back to sometimes as it was good in that I think maybe it let some people hear 
things they hadn't thought of or I don't know, but it was difficult. It was very difficult for me. Yeah. It, it, I guess it, it was, seems like some of the panelists were coming up to you afterwards. They were. And saying, wow. I mean, so they that were. Was good. And so it was good and bad. It was a learning experience, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I was very happy to be invited to Balticon as a panelist. Mm -hmm. And that was just a really nice thing. And um, then another very nice thing was recently. Um, our little site was in um, Best of Atlanta, Atlanta Magazine, um, 2008 Best of Atlanta issue. Yeah. I received an email from one of their interns, and, and I thought we were just going to get a little blurb in there, you know, and, and that would have been nice by itself. Um, and we did get a little blurb in there, but and that's all we noticed when we went to go pick up the issues. But then I think it was your mom. It was my mom. Who noticed, oh, hey, look, there's a whole page here. And we just hadn't, I think we'd just been so focused on looking for the blurb that we didn't even see that or if we glanced it out of the it corner. It didn't even register with me. thought it was me. an ad or something. If I, like, if I saw even, it at all, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we even saw it. My mom just happened to open the, the magazine to that page, and then she was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's a full page yeah mostly itp ads. and i mean i've had several people at work and in other places come up and be like hey i saw you in atlanta magazine people who to my knowledge had never seen our site before so that was cool yeah um it was just it was it was a really nice surprise and uh i i wish that uh their party hadn't been the same night as our office christmas party because i kind of would have liked to have gone to that but uh we didn't get to go so that's too bad but uh, it, it was really neat. And, uh, it, you know, my mom ended up for Christmas framing the whole thing and, and giving us a nice frame for it. So that was cool, too. Uh, moving along, kind of related to that is we had a site redesign of the Georgia Podcast Network come out, uh, I guess, in May as sort of like an anniversary thing, something April or May, something like that. It just, I, I sort of feel like this version of the site is what. I at least had originally envisioned the first version of the site being where people can just sign up and put stuff on the website without an administrator doing it. That's kind of what I anyway wanted it to be all along. So I'm glad it's it's to that point now and you know it's it ought to be a lot easier to upgrade in the future so we ought to be able to put some new stuff on there. So that'll be cool. And I guess this is going to be the me show for a minute because our next topic is me killing my old blog, RadicalGeorgiaModerate.org. I think I had just gotten a little burned out on the expectation of writing about topical things. I decided I didn't really want to write about topical things anymore. I didn't want to write about politics, which I'd I'd started out the blog as a politics blog, but then if, as blogs tend to do it, it ended up morphing into a lot of other things, you know, a personal blog and a politics blog and a college football blog. And I did a lot of things on that site, but it just, it just got to a point where we're starting to feel tedious to have that expectation of writing about politics. It's like I was trying to focus on too many things and I just didn't want to do that anymore. So I took that blog down. And now I just have a blog at my name, RustyTanton.com. And what I really like about this one is I just, uh, I don't feel obligated to update it every day. I, I update it sporadically, honestly. I think 
there was one month where I wrote a lot in it and then another month where I barely wrote anything and December has been kind of in between and I don't know. It's just, uh, it, it feels like a load off. I'm glad I have a blog, but I'm all, and I'm glad I have one that I don't feel a, an obligation to really write in every day because that's not really what I feel like doing right now. So hope you'll read it when I sporadically update it. Sounds like it's raining outside or hail or some. Wow. Yeah, maybe it's hailing. Well, that's very Christmassy. Yeah. Right? Chris maybe, Christmas hail. Christmas dents in the windshield. Hmm. Well, anyway, um, we also did our first video episodes this year. Rusty, I say we, but Rusty did all of it. Um, I don't really have any interest in making video myself, even though I would like to wave a magic wand and maybe have a final product. Maybe not. But he does all the work, and it turns out just great. We did two this year, and I'm probably going to do a few more next year. Not all the time. Um, yeah. But it was. I think the ones that we had were really great episodes. Yeah, I thanks. <laughs> um, I, I really like making one every once in a while. I, I think I would get burnt out on it if we tried to like make this a video podcast all the time i then i'd I, have to put yeah. like nice clothes on too when we just yeah do the i mean really screw that. Really want to do that so i you know i don't ever foresee this being anything other than an audio podcast with a sporadic video episode you know i'm, I'm thinking maybe two three or at most four a year something like that i mean because i don't think making any more than that would uh I only want to make videos if it, if there's a good reason to make a video. And I think with the Columbus trip, for example, you know, we wanted it to like, which we'll move on to our favorite episodes of 2008 in a second. This is, I named this one of my favorites. Um, with the Columbus video, there were a lot of good visuals there. We were walking around downtown Columbus and, and, and we also walked around a lot of other places and talked about all the things we did on road trips and, uh, that to me, I think was, you know, there was a good reason to do a video with that, but I don't know that there's always a good reason to do a video. In fact, I would say that more often than not, there's not a good reason to do a video. And so I think I only want to do a video at least if there's a good reason to do one. And I figure we can probably come up with three or four ideas, you know, in a year. But uh, I just recently finished making a sort of tribute video for my parents 40th wedding anniversary they i filmed interviews with i guess six or eight people and spliced it all together it ended up being about 12 and a half minutes which is really long by internet video standards but i think it moves pretty quickly um just to make a 12 minute video i filled up an entire 250 gigabyte firewire drive with all the working files so it's it's very intensive uh, from an editing standpoint and from a you know resource standpoint so I just um, like I said I don't know how many of those I, I think you know doing two three four of those in a year is, is good but I don't think much more than that would be good so moving along I guess to our second to last segment which is our favorite episodes of 2008 the like I just said, my favorite episode was our things we do on road trips video. I've been sort of inaccurately calling it the Columbus video episode, but it was it was things we do on road trips. 
And uh, I really had a lot of fun making that one. If uh, somebody, you know, if I could quit my job and somebody could pay me to make videos like that, maybe I would do more videos. But, you know, like I said, it's a lot of, it's very time consuming. Uh, the other video that I will name as a part, or the other podcast that I will name as a personal favorite was my two-part interview with Bobby Blackwolf. I had a lot of fun. That was a Meet Your Affiliate segment. Bobby Blackwolf hosts uh, the Bobby Blackwolf Show on All Games Radio. It's a video game podcast, but we, we spent you know ha half the time probably talking about his show and just half the time reminiscing about all the old video games that we that I grew up with and that he grew up with and. So that was a lot of fun. I think we probably could have gone on for another 30 or 40 minutes, but um, we didn't because, you know, eventually you got to cut it off. Uh, maybe one day we'll do a follow-up and that'll be fun. Do you have favorites that you would like to talk about, Amber? My two favorites were my interview with Bailey Barish, um, a filmmaker who made the film The AIDS Chronicles here to represent. She worked at CNN for like... 18 years or something and then she started her own company and she made this film which was amazing and she was so sweet and just su such a nice person easy to talk to I was a little nervous before I did the interview because first of all I was just getting over a cold and so I wasn't feeling quite as articulate and secondly just you know I was like she's a filmmaker and she's from CNN and like you know she has this amazing career and I'm just little me and but she was just so so nice and um I just I think that interview was great and if you haven't seen the film um I haven't seen the film because I was I guess I had something else to do that night I, I think I was filming taking video from DeKalb commissioner debates or something my other favorite interview um, um was uh the interview with um Peter Hughes in Augusta, and uh, I know that that's not Atlanta related, but hey, it's only mostly ITP. Yeah, um, exactly. Just uh, fascinating information that you don't hear about very much, which to me is one of the things the internet is so great for is telling the history that you wouldn't necessarily read about in a regular history book. Yeah. Um, so those are my two favorites. Um, you should listen to them if you haven't. They're I would great also interviews because of the two amazing people that mm -hmm. were interviewed. Yeah, I would also call the Peter Hughes interview a favorite. I, I had a lot of fun with that one. We were just sort of sitting in front of a coffee shop in downtown Augusta talking about this sort of psychopath, historic figure that he uh, deals with. Uh, <clears throat> this year we've had, uh, including this one, we'll have had 20 episodes. It's fewer episodes than in the previous two years. I mean, I think I didn't count for 2007, but I know we had a ton of them in 2006. Um, but I think it was, I think they were good quality. I think, um, I don't think we have to like keep up quantity if we can't really think of anything to do a podcast on. Um, I sort of like to do one a month as like a kind of baseline, but beyond that, I don't want to just start throwing stuff out there just for the sake of throwing stuff out there. I like to do them on a fairly regular basis, but I like them to be substantive. And I like yeah. doing the talkies. I really do. I, but I still want to balance it uh, with interviews and stuff because I just, I feel self-conscious about it just being rambling, you know, listening to people ramble every time. Sometimes it's fine and I have fun with it, but um, I, I've been trying to think of more people to interview. I know there's people out there. 
I just have to think of them. Um, two interviews that I did recently this month um, were Franklin Vo and um, Jennifer Kotler and, or is it, wait, it's Coulter. Coulter. Jennifer Coulter. Yeah, Coulter. Um, and um, they were both really good. The one thing about those that I think is interesting is just something real quick that I wanted to mention. Um, they both had, both of them, the topic was kind of sexuality related. And I get pigeonholed as a sex podcaster. Like when I was invited to Balticon, it was to be on panels related to sex podcasting, which I think is funny. It just makes me laugh because this is not a sex podcast. We talk about sex sometimes, but we talk about a lot of things sometimes. Um, It's just one of many things that we talk about. Not that there's anything wrong with being a sex podcast, but that's really not how I would describe this podcast. And it's just, it's, and so for a minute I was like, hey, both of these things, you know, these topics um, of the people I'm interviewing are sex related. Am I just like reinforcing this pigeonhole? Like, and then I'm like, well, so what if I am? You know, we, the people that we interview are people that we personally find interesting and maybe hopefully some of the listeners end up finding them interesting too. But I chose those two people to interview because they're in Atlanta and they were doing things that were interesting. They happened to be sex related. Um, so I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's a funny thing yeah. how, uh, how things get labeled. Um, so um, just to wrap up, we want to talk about a few things uh, for next year, looking to the future. Um, I don't know where this site and the podcast stuff will go. Sometimes I wonder if like podcasting overall is going to kind of end. Like I feel like maybe it's not the same thing that people can keep up the pace with like they can with blogging, but I really don't know. And I think we're just going to keep on going and keep doing it for as long as we feel like it. Um, I think we're going to, like Rusty said earlier, do a few video podcasts in 2009 and, um, you know, just see what happens and make sure that it's always fun for us. Yeah, that's the important thing is um, going back to killing my old blog for a second is that there was a big part of writing that blog that was not fun for me anymore and that's why I stopped doing it. And uh, I don't know, there were some people who thought it was a weird decision, but whatever it was the right decision for me and so that's kind of how I feel about this podcast and the site is that you know I'll keep doing it as long as it's fun to do it and when it stops being fun to do it then I will do something else so other social media related things for next year next year in April my blog will turn seven which is kind of sounds like a big number for a blog um I don't you know, I don't really ever have questions about whether I would stop blogging. I just, I think, um, I don't think I ever will. It might evolve and change, but I think I always will. And I think, I think there was a kind of a, um, like a bell curve where people, a bunch of people jumped into blogging and then it kind of tapered off. People couldn't keep it up, mm-hmm. uh, keep up the pace. Like I was just saying about podcasting, but I think those people were people who hadn't been, like, journal keepers. Yeah. You know, like, I think if you're someone who kept a journal or enjoyed writing just, you know, anyway, before there was any such Mm -hmm. thing as a blog, then you're going to keep it up no matter what. 
um, whether or not it's a trend or like the latest, you know, buzzword yeah. thing to do, you're going to do it because that's what you do. So I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. Um, you know, maybe in 20 years, I'll have 27 years worth of archives and it'll be a fascinating look back. And um, next year at SoCon, SoCon 09, um, I am most likely going to do a session. I say most likely because Sherry told me she wanted me to do a session, but it's like nothing, you know, there's nothing official, like it's not on the website or anything. But I want to do a session um, related to online identity. And I also am going to do something similar at the January social media club meeting at manuals. Um, and I'm going to have a little fun game thing too. I'm, I don't want to say too much about it, but it, it's going to be a blast. I, yeah, it's going to be pretty fun. Yeah. So I think so. I, I think that's going to be very entertaining. And then on the personal front, um, we're going to buy a house next year. I'm going to, I've already been blogging about some of the process. I'm going to keep blogging about it. Like, I kind of feel like, I don't really feel, I don't really want to talk about it right now because it's one of those things, like, I want to cover the process, like, for me, for my own record, but I also don't want to, like, I also don't want to talk about it too much because I just feel like I've become obnoxious, like, I, I don't know. So I think but. when everybody <laughs> buys a house, though, that's how, I mean, it gets to be the only thing you think about for, or at least the the a big thing you think about. I just don't ever and, want to be one of those people that sounds like, you know, like, cause some people it's like they buy a house or they start looking at a real estate market and suddenly they're a big damn real estate expert. Well, I, I don't just, think you've ever come off like that though. Well, I mean, I sure like I know not, there are a lot of people uh, like some folks at work who come off like and that. And I just get sick of that. That's and really then annoying. people are like, Hey, well, our mortgage broker, this is it, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well, why'd you use a mortgage broker? That's not a good idea. Like yeah. it's just, I don't know. I just, yeah. I don't ever want to like <laughs> be like that, but you know, I'm working on a blog post about it tonight. So I guess I talk out of two sides of my mouth, but yeah. you know, one way or another, you're probably going to be hearing a lot about that. Um, and then after we have our house, maybe we'll have a podcast party there. Yeah. I, yeah, I would actually sort of like to revive those at some point. I just, uh, I don't know that we really have the space to do it right now. So I mean, we kind of do, but not exactly. Um, I but, guess that's all, um, yeah. and it's past Puffin Stuff's bedtime, yeah, and so. this has been kind of long, but thanks, everybody, uh, for listening to yeah, everything thanks. you've listened to. Thanks yeah. for people who called in with voicemails, especially Jen, Tony, and Nobilis, and uh, everybody, including y'all, keep them coming next year. And um, just uh, look Hope forward everybody. to having... Fun in 2009. Hope everybody's healthy, happy, etc. See ya. The song you heard in this podcast was Flux by Drop Trio, available only on Magnatune.com. Thanks for listening to Mostly ITP on the Georgia Podcast Network. Visit us at gapodcastnetwork.com. If you have a question, comment, or drunken rant, leave us a voicemail by calling 678-389-9441. Who knows, it might be featured in a podcast. You can also email us at info at gapodcastnetwork.com. <laughs>